0: Where are we, Frank?
1: We're at my house, two minutes away from a surf beach in Victoria.
0: Yeah, it's a really cool 70s style beach house, lots of wood panelling, yeah. sand on the floor.
1: Sand on the floor, because you bring it in the UGG boots. <laughs>
0: And what can we see from our vantage point here in the sound
1: booth that you built? Well, we can see my bed because it's in my bedroom.
0: (laughs) Which is exactly what you're not supposed to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you want a good night's sleep, your bedroom is supposed to be for sleeping and sex.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually sleeping all right at the moment, but we have both had problems in the past. So we thought we'd kick off with an episode on that. I sleep better when you're around. As, as I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I'm on my own, I might do something like watch some ASMR videos on YouTube to try and get to that sleepy state.
1: And do you want to explain what they are? Because <laughs> I had no idea what they were until <laughs> I keep saw You coming
0: in and going, what's she looking at? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's autonomous sensory meridian response designed to really relax you, supposedly gives you a tingling from your head down kind of gives me more of a sense of stillness and it's almost erotic but i don't think erotic's quite the right word it's just this real sense of intimacy with this stranger on the screen who's doing things like brushing a big furry microphone with a comb or
1: or brushing people's
0: hair rustling like papers whispering going, chip
2: bucket, chip bucket. and the voices are all very
0: calm so that's my go-to what about you
2: I exercise, by
1: a lot of tennis and surf, so I like to exhaust myself and that'll help me sleep. Hot baths to the sound of Gojan monks. What? Gojan <laughs> <laughs> monks. Okay, yeah, so that's
0: what you play on your on your phone. When I you play, play that bath. on my phone yeah, in yeah, the yeah. bath, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I do also eye masks. Yep. and earplugs, i felt they help.
0: Yeah, you say, I'm going offline, and then that's it, and then we're talking melatonin for me. It's like the natural sleep hormone.
1: I go more of the hard stuff, like Valium and Tamaz.
0: Mm. I've got
1: a doctor who I'm very good friends with.
0: Not one of the doctors they... we're going to have on the series.
1: He's definitely not one of the doctors we're going to have on the series, but I am close enough to him that he understands that I need it sometimes. <laughs> Sex is supposed to be very good or going to sleep after an orgasm. I also do visualisations, like kicking the winning goal for the Melbourne Football Club. It works. Or playing tennis and winning Wimbledon or something like that. And you just
0: I actually do visualisations as well, but I picture myself in a burrow of rabbits. Because a burrow of rabbits, have you ever seen one? I mean, I've only seen a nest of rabbits. I've so. never
1: been in one. Yeah,
0: OK. So... You know, they're all kind of twitching and they're all just sort of like flopping around and they fall asleep. If you ever seen a baby rabbit fall asleep? It's within half a second. And so I just imagine I'm amongst them. I am a rabbit myself.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. Mm. Um, My daughter, Stella, she really struggles with sleep. So I think we need to have a chat to her and help her out.
0: All right, well, that's our mission. Let's see what we can find out for her. Brilliant. Brilliant.
1: You're listening to Spirit Levels. It's the podcast that pressure tests the wellness industry. I'm actor and filmmaker Frank McGree, and every week with my partner, journalist Jenny Valentich, we'll immerse ourselves in wellness practices from the pseudo to the sensible, and we'll thrash out the benefits. You've landed on episode one, about sleep, or more importantly, how to get a better night's sleep. What else are we going to do in the future episodes, Jenny?
0: You're going to be making me swim in very cold water.
1: Yeah, we're going to be going to Iceland and you're going to be getting into the water, which is going to be two degrees. We're going to do peptides.
0: The injectable anti-aging drugs that footballers take and then get told off for.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to take them for my hip
2: injury.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my Yoni mapped, or it might be Yoni, I'm not even sure, so I certainly don't know what mapping is. Oh. I presume it's a woman. Yeah.
1: It better be a woman
0: I think there's obviously an internal examination And then there might be a sketch pad Where they sort of draw out The interior terrain
1: Of your vagina I think so And DMT Who's doing that? I'm not doing that Yeah, of course I'm going to do that
0: I understand that to be the the lunchtime ayahuasca
1: Yeah 15 minutes where you go off somewhere Chat to an entity Yeah
0: You're doing this in Holland, is that right? Yep. Excellent.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: We're going to slow things down. What do you mean? Do some tantra.
1: What do you mean slow it down? Slow
0: things down.
1: Do you think we need to slow things down? Right.
0: Slower.
1: Okay, how?
0: I found an expert in Melbourne who does these quite intensive workshops of couples. Great. Yeah, so I booked us in. And reading between the lines, there will be some at least semi nudity, probably from the waist down.
1: And what's her involvement? Like, is she just talking us through it? I don't know. Or is she getting involved? I'm not sure. Really? Mm
0: -hmm. She looks nice.
1: And we are also going to collect our health and fitness metrics. We're going to do a VO2 max test, which is a great indicator of longevity. We're going to do strength tests. We're going to do a DEXA body composition scan. And we're also going to get all our bloods done.
0: Yeah, it's very handy that your childhood friend runs a blood lab. But all this is possible for everyone, so we're going to talk about how people can get these tests done themselves.
1: Yeah, and we're going to repeat these tests in six months and see what we can improve on.
0: Um, Cuddle therapy. As you might imagine, it originated in Japan. uh, You get, like, cuddle cafes and things like that. Um, But it's now over here. And I've looked into it, and, and it tends to be... Students, but they give you a bio, and the bio is kind of like hamming up this. Yeah, I just feel like I'm a real empath, and I just, you know, I just love to share my energy. Bloody, bloody, blah. blah. Now, you're gonna do some colonics like a week and see if a little car comes out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a juice cleanse, so I'm gonna be having whole week where I have only juice and colonics each day so I go into the clonic center and you as you have you had a colonic before
0: I've had one and it was alarming. Do you remember those days of Groupon where you get coupons to do stuff <laughs> <laughs> I am going to train to be a light worker. it seems to be a form of Reiki, so basically energy yeah I found a course for nineteen ninety nine which will completely equip me to be a qualified, certified light worker. What else are you going to be doing, Frank?
1: I'm going to be doing a Vipassana meditation retreat.
0: That sounds quite hellish from what I've heard. Yeah. That sounds like you can't scratch anything, you can't move, you can't make eye contact, you can't read, you can't talk.
1: Why am I doing all the extreme stuff? (laughs) You're doing cuddle therapy, I'm doing DMT and 10-day Vipassanas. Fucking (laughs) hell. Hey, sweetie. Yes, darling.
0: I've got some exciting news. Mm. You know, we wanted to come up with some plan to help Stella with her insomnia. Yes. Well, I have thought of the most perfect guest to help us with that ever.
1: And who's the guest?
0: Okay, so his name's Mike Toner, and he is the boss man of this Melbourne touring agency called Thicker's Thieves, and he really suffered from insomnia for a, a long time, and... He has agreed to come on our podcast and give us his tips. Brilliant. fucking amazing. How do you know him? Um, I I told you about him, I reckon.
1: No, I don't remember you telling me about him.
0: Yeah. Have you
1: you told me about this guy, have you?
0: Yeah. I I said during the pandemic, before we met. Yeah. This guy, you know, just just saw for a bit.
1: Oh, and this is him? Yeah. Mike Turner? Yeah. Hmm.
0: So he's agreed to be our guest.
1: Right. Until he suffered from sleep. Yeah. Deprivation while he's going out with you. This will be interesting, won't it? Yeah. Mm.
0: Cool. So, we're going to talk to him at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hi, Mike. Let's talk about what your life was like at the height of your insomnia. What was going on for you?
3: So, obviously, running a small business, having to be in the office for nine o'clock on Monday to Friday, but then a lot of times out till maybe 6 a.m. on a Sunday night. And then trying to get your body clock flipped into normal work hours to be there during the week. And then on top of that, I was doing Ironman training. So sometimes having to get up at like 5, 6 in the morning to be at like a swim squad session for 6. And then going to work all day and then coming home and doing a bike or a run session in the evening. So I would be quite exhausted at night and I would fall asleep at like 10, 30, 11. But then I would always wake up at like 2, 2.30. And I'd be awake till four thirty or possibly five, and I'd just be starting to fall asleep again. But then I'd have to like get up and go training, or else. And then I'd just caffeine myself to the max and get myself to work. And a lot of times in the afternoon, I would have a big crash. Sometimes it would be like jet lag, where I'd have to leave the office and go home and sleep for an hour. So you were just constantly chasing your tail, constantly feeling exhausted. I've always been pretty good with my mental health, but when you wake up like two in the morning. It was just this constant cloud that was hanging over my head.
0: Yeah, right. So how did you go about trying to fix it?
3: I thought it was something physical, you know, got my bloods done, all that. Went and did a sleep study at the Epworth Hospital. Bizarrely, when I went to get the sleep study done, I actually had a really good night's sleep. So they were just like, oh, there's nothing really wrong with you, you know.
0: I remember you got into things like the aura ring and the dream headband. So things that can measure your metrics.
3: Yeah. So then I went down the road of wearable tech. I was wearing the R ring. This guy, I follow Slim Land, who's like a a health podcaster. He wears it. It's Dave Asprey is one of the um, founders and one of the original backers of it. So he pushes it a lot, obviously. But he's got an incentive to to push it because, you know, he's financially involved in the product. There's this incredible YouTube channel that this guy um, has. He's called the Quantified Scientist. And he's a doctor that works in a sleep lab in Austria, and he's got a professional sleep polysonograph. As all these gadgets come to market, like Fitbits and Garmins and all these headbands and everything, he takes them home and he wears them for 30 days with a sleep polysonograph and plots the data and is able to tell you which one is best. And this headband called the Dream Headband proved to be like within 1% accuracy of the professional sleep polysonograph. The headband was about $700. But the headband became so popular and so efficient that they've actually, they're not selling it to retail customers anymore. They were amazing because not only did it measure your sleep, it had this little vibration thing built into it where it detected when you were in a deep level of sleep and then it sent these frequencies out that kept you in a deeper sleep than what you would normally be. So it was incredible, but it was good because... When I knew Mayans was coming to the end of its life, I bought, I've got like a Garmin watch, and I, um, I started wearing the Garmin along with it. And what I realized with the Garmin was the Garmin was massively underreporting reporting and constantly telling me I was having 90% light sleep. When I actually, the dream was telling me I was probably having 60% light sleep, 20% deep, and 20% REM, which is kind of roughly what you're supposed to get. It's supposed to be 30 30 30. And the Aura ring was telling me I was getting four hours sleep and the headband was telling me I was getting six and a half. And I wrote to Aura and I was like, guys, you're way off the mark here. I want my money back. And in fairness to Aura, they refunded me my money.
0: If you actually see, oh my God, that's only two and a half hours, yeah. you could even more stressed.
1: Exactly. Like, do you feel like your sauna helps your
3: sleep? Frank, do you know what? Like... I would say I haven't noticed any difference and it's something that I've tried to be aware of.
0: What about the other extreme coldness? Because I remember there was a gadget you were using called the chilli pad.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, my partner's absolutely banned it from my bed at the minute. But um, yeah, I was using the chilli pad last year. So it's like a mattress topper you just put on the bed and then there's this pipe that comes out and it's connected to this box and the box cools the water to two or three degrees and then it sends it up through like pipes i wouldn't say again that i noticed any particular difference i think at the time when i was trying all this stuff i was prepared to try anything to try and help my sleep it like every little bit matters you know whether it's diet or these type of like things that you lie on or a sauna personal tech
1: yeah yeah how much do you reckon you've spent all up in this endeavor
3: uh two dreams garmin a couple of hour rings sleep study Seven grand, maybe, maybe more, seven to 10. I mean, probably, there's probably things I'm forgetting, but yeah. You know, sleep's supposed to be the number one pillar of health. So what price do you put on it? You know, like, and and I actually, since I've done the CBD course, that was just like an absolute game changer.
0: Oh yeah, so tell us about that.
3: During COVID, I'm quite good friends with my GP. And he said to me, Mike, I honestly think that your sleep problems are stemming from your lifestyle and also your rhythm, you know, constantly up till six on a Sunday night, and then trying to flip into this other schedule during the week. So he said, we're in lockdown now. You're not going to be out late for the next three months. I want you to try this cognitive behavioral therapy course. And that absolutely changed my life. He said, the issue that most people have with sleep is that everybody wants a silver bullet. They think it's something that you're going to like fix right away. But the reality is a problem that's taken 10 to 12 years to develop is not going to get fixed overnight. So he said, if you give this two to three months, I would be pretty confident that you're going to get a result out of it. And the main component with the cognitive behavioral therapy course, it had a list of priorities and what you must adhere to first. But the number one priority is you had to get up at the exact same time every morning for three months. Like, no, doesn't matter what time you go to bed. Then number two was your bed was only for sleep or sex, so you never get into bed unless you're actually tired. And then all the things Then you already know, no screens after 9, 10 p.m. It had me doing things like changing the light bulbs in my house. So I've got complete blackout blinds now, in my, and I've got like a red light bulb in my bathroom, so there's no blue light if I go to the toilet in the middle of the night. If I would turn on a white light, it would actually instinctively wake me up, and I wouldn't be able to get back to sleep. So once I got on that program, for about the first two weeks, I had a very similar sleep pattern to what I had going into it, which was I was getting this block of like maybe three hours and then I'd be awake. But the difference was when I was awake, I was getting out of bed. I was going to my couch reading and or meditating over a period of, I think after about a week and a half, two weeks, the, the gap between when I was waking up and when I was feeling tired and needing to go back to bed, started to very slowly decrease. And then I remember so clearly the first night when I actually slept right through the night. It's gotten to a stage now where most nights I get six and a half hours. For some reason, I always have still one night where I'll wake up in the middle of the night and have a shit sleep, but I just ignore it. There's no point pondering on it.
0: What about now touring artists are coming back over again and you work with EDM artists in particular, so... Lots of late nights. How are you coping with your sleep patterns then? Do you just break the rules sometimes?
3: I've been paying my staff to go to the gigs instead of me and I've been explaining to the artists why I'm not going to their gigs and bizarrely since we've come out of COVID the landscape in our industry has changed quite a lot and I think people in general are a lot healthier and as a result there's been a big shift most of the events i'm doing are actually during the day at the minute there's very little night stuff happening the kids these days like you know you don't want to sound like that jaded old dude but like i swear to god the kids just do not party the way they the way we used to in our generation so as a result the nighttime economy in general has slowed down but there's a lot more day stuff happening which suits me
1: you should be my kids <laughs> <Everyone>. <laughs> the opposite to that <laughs> Okay, I'm here with Stella, my 21-year-old daughter. How long have you had trouble sleeping?
4: I actually reckon I've only noticed that I've not been able to sleep maybe in the last, like, three years? Maybe a little bit before that.
1: And is it trouble getting to sleep as opposed to them waking up or...?
4: Yeah, definitely. Trouble getting to sleep. I actually don't know what happened I just cannot hack it. I try not to look at the time, but... I just I think it's the more I try and get to sleep, the more I don't sleep. I actually tend to try as hard as I can not to take, like, pills and stuff to get me to sleep because I just think... I don't know. Like, if I take Valium onto MADS, I feel like I just wake up and I'm shit for a few hours in the morning. Or mm. The melatonin ones are good, but I don't know. Sometimes they don't really get me, knock me out. So I try and just do it on my own. So I, I don't know. It's, I think what works is, like... Burning myself out to the point where, like, I have to sleep, and then I'll have like two nights that are pretty good.
1: Do you feel like you sleep better with your partner in the bed?
4: I think yes.
1: But he goes to sleep
4: but two minutes yeah, he, he can knock out, if I stop talking for one second, he can turn around and he's out. So then, yeah, that's then the sleep. loneliest feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, and he'll be so asleep. Are you worried all the time that you're not getting enough, and does that then
4: compound it and make you think each night? I've got even less now. Sometimes I do go, oh, God, I'm up. This is, like, day three and there's not much under my belt. But that's all this thing, which could be complete bullshit, that apparently even when you are just laying there, even if you're not completely asleep, you you could still be getting that sleep mm. just by resting because there's different stages of your sleep or something. So that kind of gave me the tick of, like, okay...
1: Now you've travelled all around Australia, you've travelled through Central America and South America, and you've said to me that you you slept quite well when you were travelling through all those areas. Yeah, definitely. Why?
4: You'd think it would be the opposite, because here it's like I work all day and then I should be rooted and want to sleep. Like I'm so tired when I get home, but I just can't hack the sleeping part. But when I'm away, I'm just doing nothing all day. Like on the beach, like doing actually not much.
1: And you get a great sleep? Great sleep. So maybe maybe it's about being more relaxed.
4: Good, babe. Okay, we
0: gave you four steps, and so I'm just going to mm-hmm. read out what they are.
1: And Stella's had three weeks to try this out.
0: Okay, yeah. step one. Keep the bed for sleep and sexual intimacy only. No screens in the bedroom. No napping or reading in
4: bed. How'd you go? Pretty good. So you go to bed quite early. Yeah, get in there because it's so cold in the street. <laughs> <laughs> get in there nice and early.
2: And we can't afford heating. We can't
4: afford heating. Yeah, it is tricky to is. Not, to completely eliminate the screens, but it, it I think that does definitely help. But it is just a hard thing to get in the habit of doing. Yeah, because I like my even just with work and stuff, like things are coming in late. So if that's gone, then I won't. Yeah, I'll miss things. But. It, Definitely help I know that that's a thing. When I don't go on my phone, I sleep better.
0: All right. Step two, only go to bed when you're sleepy. You can instead read, meditate, or do a gratitude journal in another room. Did you do
4: a gratitude journal in another room? I did. I started a gratitude journal. Did gym. you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I She's go... grateful
1: for a house, at least.
4: <laughs> I go for the reading one. Reading does make me very, very
0: tired. All right. Step three. Once in bed, if you don't fall asleep within 15 to 20 minutes, get out of bed and read more in another room. That's savage. How did you go with that? This one is
4: really hard to... <laughs> this one, Like, yes, when I really can't sleep, I will get up and be, like, like out of frustration and, like, just do something. Yeah. Then that's going to make me check the time and then the more I look at the phone, it's just a cycle.
0: OK, step four. Wake up the same time of the day, so set your alarm clock for the same time.
4: Mine's always on for... The same-ish, when I've been working, where I get up early for work. I I wonder how that one does help.
0: Well, you're setting a
1: rhythm, like a circadian rhythm. rhythm? It is a
0: rhythm. So even if you were partying and you didn't get to bed to three, the idea is you still have to get up at that time.
4: Oh, God, I don't do that. Brutal. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Absolutely. I'm curious, was Frank, when you were a kid, did he give you some really solid sleeping patterns and a good bedtime routine?
4: No, so this could be the default of it all. <laughs> this, could be, this could be where the roots started. It was rev-up time, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't
1: rev-up time. We, 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 it was entertainment time just before you go to bed. <laughs> it, was, it
4: wasn't wind-down time.
1: Listening to Bizarre Love Triangle dancing around before bed. What's wrong with that? We were just a very excitable family. Yeah, but then I would settle you down and I told stories to you every night.
4: Yeah, we did We did get so. What stories did you get? Just all these childhood ones. They were always made up. No, they were
1: all made up stories, but they could choose items so each kid would get to choose an item. They
4: were actually really good. (laughs) And then (laughs) they they would be waiting
1: for those items to come into the made up story.
4: Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah. They were great. That's pretty cute, actually.
1: And a really good technique to get kids to sleep is you tell them two stories at the same time. It's a hypnotism. You flip between the two and you watch their eyelids because they can't concentrate on mm-hmm. two things at once, and you watch them just go, and off they go.
0: <laughs> so here we are back in the booth, overlooking the bed.
1: The bed that's only to be used for sex and sleeping. Yeah. That I thought was good. Um, I thought what's his name was good. Steve was interesting.
0: Are you referring to Mike?
1: Mike, sorry. Mike was yeah. really interesting, had yeah. some good things to say. Okay. And um, I think Stell's got some good takeaways, and we'll see how well she goes with those.
0: Mm. Mm. Decent.
1: Yeah. But I have a little surprise for you. I may or may not have recorded something in this sound booth while you were sleeping. (laughs) It sounds creepy. It
0: does sound really creepy. But it's not. All right. You want to hear it? Yes, I want to hear it.
2: It was Thumper's favourite time of the year. It was spring. And today he was going to go to the edge of the forest. There was one house in particular that had caught his attention last spring. What was behind that big white fence? Thumper looked around to see if anyone was watching. And then he started digging. It was a beautiful yard with magnificent gardens. Then he noticed a cat staring straight at him. It was a bluish colour and quite thin. They exchanged names, and her name was Min. And then Thumper asked Min what sort of cat she was. Min replied, I'm a blue point Siamese." And then she casually walked off, wishing Thumper a good day. All of a sudden, he saw a white thing move quickly in a nearby cage. It was the most magnificent thing he had ever seen. A snow-white rabbit, with pink eyes, a pink nose, and slender tall ears. The little rabbit had not seen Thumper, and was now eating some lettuce. All of a sudden, the back door burst open, and a young girl came bounding over to the cage. Come here, Jenny! She yelled, running up to the open cage door. Jenny! What a lovely name, thought Thumper. You've
0: been listening to Spirit Levels, a weekly show with Jenny Valentish and Frank McGree. Subscribe to hear our show every Tuesday, and we'd love to see you on Instagram, we're Spirit Levels Podcast, and TikTok, where we're Spirit Levels. See you next week.